0: Praise the Lord. This is Brother Phil with another edition of Speaking the Truth in Love. Boy, we've got a great program in store for you today. I am really excited about this. Today's message was recorded at the Rockford Rescue Mission. I am privileged to speak there regularly, once a month, and... Uh, I spoke on the uh, the Beatitudes, which I'm calling the Beautiful Attitudes. And the response that uh, we got from this message was uh, off the charts. So uh, that's what we're sharing with you today. I hope it's a blessing to you. God willing, I'll be back at the end with a word of encouragement. So without any further ado... Here is The Beautiful Attitudes from the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5. God bless you. If God came to earth, you would expect him to speak like no other man before or since. One of the reasons that I'm a Christian is because I have read the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and I am of the unshakable conviction that no man before or since has spoken with such wisdom, with such elegance and eloquence, with such intelligence, with such love, with such compassion, with such conviction, and with such authority the historical context in which it lives, it's approximately 30 AD. So we're going back 2,000 years. We're in an ancient place called Israel, Palestine. The Roman Empire is ruling the world with an iron fist. The Jews, unlike any other people, refuse to bow down to any pagan deities, they have a temple, they have the scriptures, which are the word of God, and they have no king but God alone. The Hebrew, the ancient Hebrew prophets foretold of a deliverer who would redeem the world, and to the Jew he was known as the Messiah, Mashiach in Hebrew. There was a promise going all the way back to Abraham, which was 2,000 years before Christ, that this person who would come would redeem the entire world. It says he would be a blessing to the whole world. A thousand years after Abraham was King David. King David was also a prophet, and the promise through David was that someone would rule from the throne from David's throne meaning from Israel someone would rule from that throne in a kingdom that would never end to the prophet Isaiah the promise was that there would be no there would be no end to the increase of his government and this person would set the captives free There had been no prophet for 400 years. At the time that the Sermon on the Mount was preached, God was silent for 400 years. Enter John the Baptist. The spirit of prophecy came upon John the Baptist. He gained widespread acceptance. He was calling for national repentance from sin and from a dead religion. In Luke chapter 3, it says, The word of God came to John, the son of Zacharias, in the wilderness. And he came into all the districts around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sin, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, Make ready the way of the Lord. There was supposedly going to be a prophet who would precede the Messiah, a forerunner, who would prepare the way for this Deliverer. And John the Baptist said, I am that person. Many Jewish people believed that, a ki- that the kingdom was about to come. When John the Baptist came on the scene, every- everything seemed to be right. All the pieces were in place. They were under the tyranny of the Roman Empire. It was a brutal regime. They won all their arguments by killing their enemies, but the Jews refused to bow down to their gods. They said, our God will deliver us. They believed that maybe there would be a great war, but somehow the Roman Empire would be completely overthrown. John baptizes Jesus Christ who comes on the scene. The Spirit of God literally descends upon Jesus Christ like a dove and a voice comes from heaven and says, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. That brings us to the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 3, jesus says and here are the greatest words ever spoken you show me somebody anybody who spoke such words of eloquence and wisdom he said blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted blessed are the gentle for they shall inherit the earth blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." "'Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you "'and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. "'Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, "'for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you.'" Speaking to his people, he goes on, and he says, "'You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless, "'how can it be made salty again?' It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Do not think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or stroke shall pass from the law until all is accomplished. Whoever then annuls one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever keeps and teaches them He shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. In verse 20, For I say to you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that the ancients were told, You shall not commit murder, and whoever commits murder shall be liable to the court. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother shall be guilty before the court. And whoever says to his brother, you are good for nothing, or or called a fool, shall be guilty before the Supreme Court, and whoever says you fool shall be guilty enough to go into hell. Therefore, if you are presenting your gift at the altar, and there remember your brother has something against you, leave your offering there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and present your offering. Make friends quickly with your opponent at law while you are with him on the way so that your opponent may not hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer and you be thrown into prison. Truly I say to you, you will not come out of there until you have paid the last cent. You've heard that it was said, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman to lust for her has committed adultery already with her in his heart. If your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and tear it and throw it from you, for it is better for you to loose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. If your right hand makes you stumble, cut it off and throw it from you, for it is better you better for you to loose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. It was said whoever sends his wife away let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife except for the reason of immorality makes her commit adultery and whoever marries a divorced woman except for the cause of immorality commits adultery. Again, you've heard that it was said, You shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Anything beyond that is of evil. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other to him also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him have your coat too. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? If you greet only your brothers, what more are you than others? Do not even Gentiles do the same? Therefore, you are to be perfect, even as your heavenly Father is perfect. Brothers and sisters, when Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The promise of the kingdom of heaven is found before the Sermon on the Mount, and the promise of the kingdom of heaven is how the Sermon on the Mount closes. At least these seven blessings do. these seven promises, yea eight. The word this, this verse is so rich this golden verse that came out of the mouth of Jesus Christ, every word is worth examining and weighing. When he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God, that word blessed, the most frequent use of that word in the Old Testament translated bless or blessed is the word baruch. That's Hebrew for blessed. You find it in Genesis 12 where it says, Now the Lord said to Abraham, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will make you a great nation. And I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you I will curse. And in you... All the families of the earth shall be blessed. Shall be Baruch. He's talking about the ultimate blessing in, the, in Jesus Christ. Who would give his life as a sacrifice for the sins of the whole world. That's how this word blessed is used. And he says, blessed are you If you are poor in spirit, for yours is the kingdom of heaven. You see this word again in Genesis 39, 5. It says, and it came about from that time that he made him overseer in his house and over all he owned. This is speaking of the blessing of Joseph. The Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. The blessing of Joseph. Everything that Joseph put his hand to, God, Baruch, he blessed. His owner became wealthy because of the Baruch of Joseph. In the New Testament, Speaking in the Greek language, that word, blessed, is makadios. Blessed makadios are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now listen to me now, please. Blessed are the poor in spirit. The word poor that's used in your English Bible comes from the Greek... And there are two separate words that were used for poor. There was one poor that meant got no money, got no cash, I'm broke, I'm busted, I'm poor. But there was another word in that language that meant totally bankrupt, absolutely insolvent, utterly unable to ever pay. I said I wasn't going to yell. That word literally meant you were so deep in debt. There's no way you could ever pay what was owed. That is the word that is used in this verse. It says, Bankrupt. <coughs> Blessed, are the poor. Blessed are the bankrupt in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom. What does it mean to be bankrupt in spirit? It means completely dependent on someone giving you a donation, like a blind man on a street corner with a tin cup, totally dependent on alms, on someone giving you, on someone helping you. The man who is poor in spirit understands that apart from him, you can do nothing. Jesus said, apart from me, you can do yet. That's Russian. Nyet. Da. Nyet. Nothing. Zilch. Zero. If it wasn't for his son, if it wasn't for his rain, if it wasn't for his dirt, if it wasn't for just the right conditions, there would be no food. We are completely dependent upon God for our daily sustenance. If it wasn't for God, even if you had food on the table, can you take credit for your eyesight? Is it Do you have anything to do with the fact that your brain is functioning properly? Is it up to you for your nerves and muscles? If it wasn't for him and his eyes and your brain, his eyes causing that, him giving you the ability to see, him giving you the ability to think, you wouldn't even be able to get the spoon in your mouth. Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you shall in no wise enter the kingdom of God. He, doesn't, he didn't say childish. He said childlike. I've had five children. And I'll never forget the first time I came downstairs and I saw my firstborn son, David, sitting in a high chair. And for the first time, I saw him eat solid food. His mother nursed him for the first, I don't know, six, seven, eight, nine months. I don't know. I think it was like nine months. I'd never seen him eat anything anything else. I come downstairs and he's sitting in a high chair and she's got one of these baby spoons that's got plastic on the end and she's digging it in this bowl and she's got some mashed up mushy, I don't know what it was, applesauce or something. And she's sticking it in his mouth. And I come downstairs and I never saw anything like that before. And I said, are you sure you're supposed to be giving him that? And she goes, yeah, look at him. And he's sitting there going, you know, and and he's eating it, man. He never doubted his mother. She didn't take the spoon and he looks at it and goes, oh, I don't know, man, you know, that could be poison. No, he trusted his mother with his life. There was never a doubt in his mind that what was on that spoon was good. He was a child. He was completely innocent. He knew nothing of evil. He was only nine months old. He absolutely trusted his mother to the point that he would ingest something in his body without ever doubting that it was good. Children, little children, trust. They believe. They have faith. Jesus said, unless you become like a child, you shall in no wise enter the kingdom of God. That little boy loved his mother, and that mother loved that little boy. There was never any doubt about it. He's 20 years old today, and there's still no doubt in his mind. He's loved. The word bankrupt here doesn't just mean that we're completely dependent on him for our sustenance. It means we are bankrupt, not only physically apart from him, but we're bankrupt morally. All of us have lied. All of us have taken things that didn't belong to us. All men have sinned. Romans 3.23 says, all men have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I want that. I want that food. My mouth is wide open. Oh, I promise, sorry. My mouth is wide open. And I want salvation, man. I want what He's got. God is good, and He's good even when we don't think He's good. And he says, Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. I've tasted the things of this world and I've tasted the goodness of God. I've seen and tasted the goodness of God. And once you've seen and tasted the goodness of God, you'll never go back to like a dog returning to eat its own vomit. I know I'm bankrupt spiritually there is no doubt in my mind that if apart from him, I would be damned. The man who is poor in spirit is acutely aware that apart from his grace, we would be without hope. Apart from his grace, we are hopeless. But his grace is available to all. Whoever will may come. He says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice, any man, red and yellow, black and white, they're all precious in his sight. They're all precious in his sight. Come as you are, he says, and drink from the waters of life freely. Come as you are. You can't clean yourself up first and then come to God. You come to God like you are and he cleans you up. Amen? Amen. Anybody in here need some cleaning up? The man who is poor in spirit is the man who realizes his need for God's grace and for God's mercy. Apart from him I have no hope. The opposite of the man who is proud in spirit, uh, who is poor in spirit is the man who is proud, self-righteous, sees no need of God, lives as if God does not exist, and thinks he himself is God. He can provide for himself. Huh. It says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. But I thought the Bible said that we're supposed to rejoice. I thought the Bible talked about having joy unspeakable and full of glory. Listen to me, saints and sinners alike. You're looking at a man who is clothed with a robe of joy and anointed with the oil of gladness because I know that my Redeemer lives. But I still mourn. There's no contradiction at all. In fact, you can't truly biblically mourn unless you are filled with the Spirit of God. I mourn over my sin. I mourn over your sin. I don't like coming here, man. I don't like what Satan has done to so many people. That's what I mean. I do like coming here. I wouldn't be here. But I mourn over my own failures i fail every day and i mourn over the world in which we live when i see the injustice when i see people getting ripped off left and right it makes me it causes me to mourn the shortest verse in all the bible is jesus wept wow it blows me away jesus wept He looked out over Jerusalem and he said, Oh, how I long to gather you under my wings like a mother hen would gather her chicks, but you would not. He mourned because people saw his power and still rejected him. My time is almost up. I'm really glad I came here today. Please don't misunderstand me. Thank you for that. Thank you for that encouragement. I love you guys. If I could touch you on the forehead and make it all go away, I'd stay here as long as it took to touch everybody's forehead. But it ain't me. There's nothing good about me. It's Christ in me. The hope of glory. But I want to leave you with this thought. You are not the product of a broken home. You are not the product of a devastated economy. You are not the product of a lack of education. You are not a victim. We are the the result of our own thought processes. We are what we are and we are where we are because of what we've allowed to go into our minds and what we've allowed to live in our hearts and what comes out of our mouths. You change what you are and you change where you are by changing what goes into your mind, by changing what you choose to believe, and by changing what comes out your mouth. Amen? Amen. The same God who saved me and set me free is the same God who can save you and set you free. Is there a man or a woman in this room who would like to say, I want to know this God too. I want to be a man who's poor in spirit. I want to be delivered from pride. Do you know why a man won't stand up and say I want Jesus in my life? It's pride. I'm too proud. I don't want anybody to think I'm a religious fanatic or a Jesus freak. Well, I'm a religious fanatic and I'm a, I'm a Jesus freak because he created me and he sustains me and he is my redeemer. Is there a man or a woman who would like to be prayed for right now? Stand to your feet. Don't stand to your feet for any other reason except, I want to take a, I want to take a big, big step towards walking with God. I want to take a big step in knowing God, in being delivered from alcoholism and laziness and whatever else. You fill in the blank. I want to be a man or a woman of God. I want God's blessing in my life. I want to be a blessing. Heavenly Father, I lift up these precious people, standing or sitting. I lift up these precious people, these blood bought people. We've been lied to, Lord, and we've believed a lot of lies. We believe lies about ourselves and about the world and why I'm here. Lord, would you please bless these dear people with wisdom and understanding and insight and discernment? Would you please fill them with your spirit? Would you please deliver them from the spirit of this age, from the world and the flesh and the devil, and bless them to know their Savior personally. Do a miracle in their lives, I pray. I pray your blessing. I pray your peace. I pray your joy, your deliverance from the guilt and the power of sin on these people. I pray it in Jesus' name. And for the food we're about to enjoy, And for this place that's been provided by you, we thank you, and we thank you that you died on the cross for our sins, and everybody said, Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. This is Brother Phil. Hope you enjoyed that message. This is Philip Del Rey with Voice in the Wilderness Ministries. You can check out our website for other resources. It's www.voice-wilderness.org. Voice-wilderness.org. I pray that God blesses you with wisdom and favor. Favor with God and favor with man. Thank you again for listening to this broadcast. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name, amen. Bless you.